Hi, Asia. <laughs> Hi, Seth. Are you ready? I'm ready. I'm not wearing any pants, so let's start this. I'm not completely naked. I am wearing boxers. My descent into complete nudity is going to be step by step and day by day. But no, we're not together. I can't see you for real or on video. You're in Indiana where the wind blows and the license plates are gay. And well, Asia, it's been a long time since we've tried to make an episode of the By That I Mean podcast. That's not true. It's been a long time since we successfully made a By That I Mean podcast. The attempts were there. Okay, that's, that's a fair characterization. We did attempt several versions of this. We're having this conversation thanks to Skype um, and a program to record Skype calls. Um, and we've tried several programs and several arrangements and hookups and... There's a three-hour time difference between Los Angeles and Indiana, and it hurts my heart, and it hurts Asia's limbic system. No, the limbic system is emotions. It's hurt my heart, and it's hurt Asia's bedtime. (laughs) (laughs) So hopefully this is going to be a slightly more successful go. Asia, how are you? Yeah, always there. Isn't that the state bird of Indiana? No, it's a robin or a cardinal. It's not the crested... eh? No, that's the sound the state bird makes. Oh, okay. Maybe it's a robin. I have no idea. How exciting. We're getting an ornithology lesson from Asia Coleman. (laughs) I'm pretty sure it's a cardinal. But I might be wrong. I would not bet money on this. What would you bet money on, Asia? Most everything except for the state bird of Indiana. Anything but birds. I've learned my lesson on that count. Or state flowers, because I don't know state flowers very well either. At least you can admit that shortcoming. Yeah, state songs. Not not too much on those either, to be honest. No? What no. about sta- state names? I know state names and state capitals I'm good with. And well, you know what? That's all, also, that's all you need. I, well, it depends. That's all on, you need in you know, life, really. It depends on what the categories are in Jeopardy in any given day. Um, As we've established, you are a Jeopardy girl. I'm a Jeopardy fanatic. Not enough, though, to actually try to get on the show. When are you going to try to get on Jeopardy? When I feel like I'm intelligent. You are intelligent. Come on now. Yeah, but, like, like really intelligent. Not just, like, can pass for intelligence can pass oh come on <laughs> no like seriously I think if I saw Alistair Reck in person I would just drool like no words would be able to come out of my mouth and I could not access my thoughts I would just drool and not in the like oh you're so sexy drooling no in the way that like I, I literally I, I can't I can't drool well so how are you going to make yourself not drool just by not auditioning for Jeopardy that's a shame. Do you really think you can keep yourself away forever? Probably. I mean, it's really easy just to not take the Jeopardy test. You just don't do it. Fair enough. I'm also polishing off some boxed wine here. It's really classy over here at the Coleman residence tonight. Wow. <laughs> you were all class. Classing it up. Just classing it right up. <laughs> I'm fucking desperate housewife. We got a husband. So, just a... <laughs> But that is a woman. Just more like desperate. <laughs> and desperate house. <laughs> no real wives involved. I'm going to get another glass of boxed wine. That is a creed occur if ever I've heard one. <laughs> Some people want a oh. bottle. You want a, You just need another box. <laughs> it's what's available. It's what's available. And what's free. So. It's what's free. Did I tell you I hooked up with a guy at a party because of boxed wine in college? Story, please? I don't remember what party it was, but I remember that it was at the swimmer's house. Like, the swimmers all had a house on, like, Menlo or Ellendale or something. 
and there was a big party there, and I went to it. Um, and I think I went with um, Hamblin, actually. And there was a, a dude there, and he was just, like, filling every, he like, was carrying around a box of wine on his shoulder. And I was like, oh, my God, my family drinks that. Like, we should be friends. And then he, like, he, like, fills my cup, and he's like, there you go, Asa. And I was like, how did you know my name? And he's like, I remember the name of all the pretty girls. But I was like, you, now. Like, <laughs> that's all it takes. Just a box of wine and a compliment. And I'm, but, like, I, I just made out with him. And one of the swimmers showed you his swimmers? Not necessarily. Like, you know, like everybody was at those parties. Uh, that was a lot of, that, that one held a lot of people. Um, Your parties tend to hold a lot of people. So he took me to his room, and we made out, and then he like, started taking off his clothes. And I was like, oh, no, no, no. And I just, like, ran out of there. And then, like, I saw him a couple times on campus after that, and he would just this look at me. This is a party. And, like, yeah. No, no, no. Because no. I, I, I only want to, like, make out with people. I never want to, like, have sex with them, like, until we're actually having sex. And then it's okay, but, like, not before that. Right. It's very, like, it's very hard to explain. I need to know you before you can enter me. That's the easiest way to explain it. Um, so, I don't think, out. Th- again, I, I do not contest that as a ground rule. I think that's a good idea. That's yeah, a solid yeah. baseline. Do I yeah, at least, Jesus. have I at least met you? And <laughs> do you Jesus. have, and do you have ideally a box, but some kind of container? Of wine, and can you dole out the most basic compliment there is? <laughs> no, that's just for making out. That'll get you to like first, maybe second base. What would have taken it home? Um, I would have to have known him for more than a minute. For more than a minute, <laughs> and a so and so and if, if he had come up and given <laughs> you the box of wine first, then walked away for a minute and come <laughs> come back. No, and then no, said the no, pickup no, no, line, no. would it have gone no. further? Is he, that wasn't a pickup line, really. I think it was, well, maybe it was. I don't even know. Um, but no, no, like six months. I've known you for at least six months. Six months? And then you were, yeah, six months. I've yeah. never, I've never realized that before. Yeah. Um, because my image of you in my head was just that, oh, she always gets some. <laughs> but... <laughs> Only now do I realize it's consistently been the same names over and over again. Yeah, yeah, I recycle. I recycle because, like, I don't like new people. And it just takes a lot. It takes a lot for new people to enter. Six months. Six months of time. Well, I just consider it as Asia Coleman has a pussy posse. No, I mean, mean, that's kind of true. Like, once you've entered, you kind of want to go back. (laughs) <laughs> exactly. Yeah. I have no trouble, like, finding somebody, well, in California, really, here. I mean, not really trouble, just, like, trouble finding somebody that I would do. Not only do you not have trouble finding someone who you would do and who would do you, but you have the strange ability to keep them hungry for more. Genetics, I guess. I don't know. I Is it genetics? <laughs> Are you... Uh, <laughs> Genetically <laughs> empowered? I have a certain set of skills. <laughs> I see. Actually, actually, I don't see, and that's one downside of not having a video format podcast. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm not pointing out my skills right now. I just say I'm alluding for, to them. For no, elucidation on future episodes about that, I mean. <laughs> I have a certain set of skills. Um, that are much appreciated by the opposite sex. And probably the same sex. I don't know. I haven't tried. But um, probably. Who knows? <laughs> I don't know. You know what? I, know. I think you should experiment with it just to mm. see if I'm you're... I'm afraid of... First of all, I'm afraid of female nipples. Second of all, I'm afraid of vaginas. So that pretty much cuts it all down right there. I'm afraid of vagina so much that I don't even masturbate. So there you go. Okay, let's take this one at a time. First, female nipples. I don't even know where it came from. Uh, how long have uh, you... <laughs> for pretty much forever. Pretty, like, since, like, maybe 12 or something. I just don't, like... I, I'm afraid of them. I don't know why. I don't know. It's a fear. It's just, like, it's a phobia. And as I get older, 
I'm starting to be afraid of mine as they change. And I'm like, no, I don't want to see that. So, so I can't even look at myself when I change. It's weird. Wow. Yeah. You don't even look at yourself? No, no, really. I like. Is that a phobia or is that shame? No, it's not shame at all. It's literally a fear. It's like a fear. I'm gonna have to I'm call never, bullshit on this. I don't no, believe no, this I'm, is. No, I don't no. believe this is a fear that anyone has. <laughs> You're wrong. There's a fear of everything. I don't don't buy it. I'm sorry. There are so. I am willing to stretch my imagination so far. But. (laughs) Fear of eyes. I just learned this on Face Off that I just watched the other day. Like, there's a fear of eyes. eyes? (laughs) Yeah, there's a fear of eyes. There's even a word for it. I don't remember the word for it. There's a word for it. (laughs) You have a pussy posse. You are afraid (laughs) of eyes. (laughs) True story. No, I'm not afraid of eyes. I'm not afraid of eyes. I'm afraid of nipples. There is a fear out there of eyes. I'm just saying there's a fear of everything. Um, And no, it's true. Like, when I was younger, I didn't have a problem with it because, like, I had little, like, girl nipples. Um, (laughs) (laughs) So, like, anything larger than a quarter, I'm, like, freaked out by. (laughs) Wow. I'm I'm almost fucking speechless right now. (laughs) What? So, have you ever slept with a man with large nipples? No, that would be terrifying. Would that be a deal breaker for you? That would be a complete deal breaker. Even if he had boxed be- wine? Yeah, even if then. This is, this is a literal fear. It doesn't, it doesn't get taken away by alcohol. If anything, alcohol just magnifies it. So, is it so much the nipple itself as the areola? Like, is your fear really of... An expansive areola? Maybe. What do you fear about vaginas? They are ugly, and I like aesthetically pleasing things. <laughs> like, I think that's maybe where it stems from. But really, it's just like shit comes out of there that just should never come out of anything like that. You know what I mean? Like, it's weird. It gives life. It also urinates and it bleeds all at the same time. It's very scary. Very, very scary stuff. Gross. Done. <laughs> that's not enough. Is that enough detail or should I delve into more? I'm just not attracted to women, you know? Like, some women are gorgeous and I can understand their... Let's, let's go into this fear of vaginas. The men that you sleep with, do you sleep with them because they have pretty penises? Not all. Uh-huh. <laughs> like, no, I don't sleep with anybody. Well, but even even among the ones who do have pretty penises, did you sleep with them primarily because of that? No, no, no. Usually, the people I sleep with, it's like a because I think that I've known them first of all for a while, and I feel comfortable with them. And secondly, um, I think that they like some of me think that they might be good, and I want to test it out. And if they're not, usually they get kicked to the curb. And if they are, then they remain in the stockpile. The physical appearance of the genitalia is not the primary reason you pick the people you sleep with. So just a thought experiment. If there were a woman who defied all your anti-vagina fear, hypothetically, would you take advantage of it? She'd also have the nipples. What if she were nippleless? <laughs> That's like creepy at a whole different level. Um, I'm not gonna say she's not an alien. <laughs> I mean, there's no other choice. There's no other choice. Really, it has to be an alien. It has to be an alien. Okay, so Asia Coleman is officially on record as alien by curious. <laughs> no, because we don't know if aliens don't have nipples. Oh, that's true. Note to self. Find out if aliens have nips. <laughs> we don't know. Oh, wait, no. They would have to have baby nips. I think they sound like a pedophile. No, they have to have male nipples. <laughs> <laughs> like, they have male, male nipples. nipples. Um, there are some sizable areoli. <laughs> Asia, like, um, I don't know if you've seen many fat men. <laughs> I don't. I don't. Real, really enough, like, I haven't. Slept with any? I haven't. <laughs> I don't know what that is. I mean, well, kudos to you first. Um, 
kind of yeah. hypocritical almost. Um, um so, not really. Because I'm still, I'm still like really pretty. So. <laughs> <laughs> don't say just kidding. Don't <laughs> don't fucking pretend like you didn't say it. Just say it. No, well, I mean, it's true, obviously. But you have to think just kidding so people don't think that you're completely into yourself. Right. No, I I know why you say that. I know why we say just kidding. But I also know yeah. that we don't mean it. No, I completely mean it. Insofar as <laughs> insofar as you don't people... want to be seen. Yes. <laughs> exactly. 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 So it's fine. It's fine. Um, I'm gonna think. Um, no, I don't because I don't. I don't feel like there is an ugly penis. Oh. Oh. Oh, honey. <laughs> well, I've never seen one. No, that's not true. I saw an uncircumcised one, and that freaked me out. That freaked me out really oh, bad. Hey I could not. Oh, I come could on. That's so childish. That is I've so childish. It gives you more I, to play with. No, no, I just did not yeah, like it. Yeah, it does. I was not down. I was not down. I was oh. like, I can't. I can't do this. I'm all kinds of down on it. I didn't know what to do with it. Like, I'm just so like, what to do with it? Um, like, I know what to do, and I know when to do it, and I was like, I don't know what to do. I gotta go. Sorry. It rendered me incompetent, and I, I just couldn't deal with it. Uh, Whitney Houston died. Yes. Oh. Yeah. And that's the extent of my emotional reaction to that story. That's pretty much the only appropriate reaction there is. I mean, yeah, she was iconic in a way that musicians and most kinds of famous people don't get to be iconic. Yeah, I mean, she'll always love you, and Jesus loved her, and other songs from The Bodyguard and Dolly Parton. So many Dolly Parton songs. So many celebrities have died in that hotel, I swear to God. Please name some. I can't, because I'm not, I'm sharing my computer, so I don't have easy access oh, to Oh, I do. The Beverly Celebrities. Hilton. Celebrities. They're dying at the Beverly Hilton. This is some great publicity for the Beverly Hilton <laughs> Hotel. <laughs> <laughs> I found a Yahoo Answers page. Some person posed the question, besides Whitney Houston, how many other stars died at the Beverly Hills Hilton? The two answers were, we have no idea, <laughs> and, and, too many. <laughs> I love Yahoo Answers. So much, so much information. I don't think that, that might be the proper, <laughs> proper, like, if you're going to Google it, you're One is lucky. too many, Asia. It's more than one. It's like 10 to 12. Maybe even more. No, don't take Yahoo, Yahoo group answers. Look at another one. Hey, Asia. What's up? You know who seemed to be winning a lot of battles recently? Not Whitney Houston. The gays. <laughs> Yay, all of them. Yay, all <laughs> of us. Don't Ask, Don't Tell has been repealed. Thanks, President Obama and Congress, and President Obama is no longer defending DOMA, the Defense of Marriage Act. Um, a majority of Americans support marriage equality. And just this week, Proposition 8 was overturned here in California, and Washington State signed marriage equality into law. Yay! The fun part is that Washington State, only in 1998 enacted a ban on same-sex marriage. Maybe the It Gets Better campaign was technically, like, the secret as well. Not the secret. I think quite the opposite. Like, I think it's established a community of gay people talking about their lives. And more importantly, like, specifically their emotional lives. So I think it's quite openly changing minds. I literally think it's, like, the secret that were, like, manifest. It's like a vision board 
where like people wanted to get better and talking about how it does get better and other people now are thinking that it can get better and then it just does it's like the secret i think it's great did you want to talk about prop eight more i do that's exciting well i mean there's a downside to the way that the prop eight case went down most recently uh before the ninth circuit federal court um which is that LGBT couples cannot actually get married in California yet, pending the appeal, because they expect that the supporters of Proposition 8 are going to appeal yet again. From what I've read, it's possible that it might not go before the Supreme Court, if it goes before them, if they don't reject it until, like, 2014. Wow. Like, it, it's great news that it's been struck down yet again. And that, But in the meantime, I think... Californians should try to get legislation passed or a new ballot measure passed affirming marriage equality, which would render the which would render the necessity for going to the Supreme Court moot. But yeah, like it really encouraged me. The courts are easily seeing the thinness of the case against marriage equality and how obviously it's based on fuckhat bigotry. I see people like Maggie Gallagher getting interviewed. Do you know who that is? She's the head of the National Organization for Marriage, NOM. Uh She looks like a bridge troll, Asia. You need to see her. Their (laughs) arguments are so transparent and hollow and silly. The whole, like, it'll uh, ruin traditional civilization. (laughs) The moment, literally, that's why I wish, like, WikiLeaks or Anonymous would... uh, get the trial tapes from Prop 8 and release them. The supporters of Proposition 8 in California got the court to keep the video of the Prop 8 testimony under wraps and not release it to the public. But from the judge's opinion and from selected transcripts, their testimony was so fucking ridiculous. It is so transparent. All those laws, once they're challenged, once they're put before a judge and not campaign year issues to stir up your base, bigotry gets challenged. It gets thwarted. And I think it'd be interesting, these proponents of private, I think that they should fund a study. They should literally fund a study of the 18,000 marriages that, you know, were legal, um, the gay marriages, you know, that got passed before Proposition 8 got passed. How those 18,000 marriages, the country like, destroyed marriage and traditional values and all of that. And, you know, what it did to the economy, how it affected the economy. Well, but here's the thing. If you ever watch an interview with Maggie Gallagher or um, any of the, like, Tony Perkins from the Family Research Council or any of them, they don't even think to interrogate their beliefs with the possibility that they're somehow bigoted. Like, they don't even think to think about it. Quoting from Live Science, there's no gentle way to put it. People who give in to racism and prejudice may simply be dumb. This is from LiveScience.com. Research finds that children with low intelligence are more likely to hold prejudiced attitudes as adults. These findings point to a vicious cycle because low-intelligence adults tend to gravitate towards socially conservative ideologies. Those ideologies, in turn, stress hierarchy and resistance to change, attitudes that can contribute to prejudice. Minds are changing, but there are still so many stupid people. And unfortunately, America now also features economic inequality um, that's greater than it was before the Great Depression. And many of the stupid people among us are some of the most powerful people among us. This study was led by Gordon Hodson, um, a psychologist at Brock University in Ontario, Canada. Earlier studies found links between low levels of education and higher levels of prejudice. So studying intelligence seemed a logical next step. The researchers turned to two studies of citizens in the United Kingdom, one that has followed babies since their births in March 1958, and another that did the same for babies born in April 1970. And the children in the studies had their intelligence assessed at age 10 or 11. As adults ages 30 or 33, their levels of social conservatism and racism were measured. And then like the first part is an IQ test, and the second part is an ideology test. 
As suspected, low intelligence in childhood corresponded with racism in adulthood. But the factor that explained the relationship between these two variables was political. When researchers included social conservatism in the analysis, those ideologies accounted for much of the link between brains and bias. People with lower cognitive abilities also had less contact with people of other races. Prejudice is of particular interest because understanding the roots of racism and bias could help eliminate them. For example, this researcher said, many anti-prejudice programs encourage participants to see things from another's point of view, or from another group's point of view, that mental exercise may be too taxing for people of low IQ. Much of the present research literature suggests that prejudices are primarily emotional in origin rather than cognitive. So it might be fruitful for researchers to consider strategies to change feelings rather than thoughts. Um, and that just made me think of all of like the entirety of the GOP platform now. It's all based on emotion and stoking fear of groups of others, whether it's women or black people or immigrants, gays, or, you know, everyone but rich white men, um, they're making an emotional case. And I guess we have to as well. I don't think it's a surprise to anybody that they all have like you, so I don't, I don't, but I mean, just to say that, you know, there are some Democrats that aren't socially conservative and racist and might have lower IQs as well. It's kind of dangerous. Absolutely. The lead guy on the study actually talks about this. I, I don't know how like, surprising these findings are. An IQ test is your capacity to learn. It's not how much you know, obviously. Obviously, your capacity to learn about other races and, you know, not be prejudiced is going to be very low if you've got a low, low IQ. So everybody wants to say that, you know, that means that Republicans are like the dumbest people ever. But there's, like, there's some really smart Republicans, and they're obviously, you know, some of them are very powerful, whether or not they got, you know, born into it or somebody else who was actually racist is funding these or two different things. So let's take Warren Buffett versus Mitt Romney, because I, I like these comparisons. I like the comparison of the two, can I mean, not candidates, but just the two rich people in general who have basically, you know, the same company, just one of them is, you know, coming from a place of good and one of them is coming from a place of evil. They have the same company. Basically, mm -hmm. one of them is good and one of them is evil. It's true. <laughs> Warren Buffett, um, you know, um, I think, yeah, he, he, buys, he buys companies, but instead of selling off pieces that he doesn't need, he tries to make it all work and be as efficient as possible without being, you know, seen. Without being liquidated. <laughs> without being, he's, he's yeah, he's... I love Warren Buffett. He's awesome. Shout out to Warren Buffett. <laughs> hey, Warren. <laughs> Dear Warren Buffett, by that I mean says hey. <laughs> you can die happy now. And then, you know, Mitt Romney, whose company buys other companies capital. He still gets paid like twenty bajillion dollars from them each year. Yes, and he's like, I'm unemployed. So fuck you, because like he, he, you know, he, he's a serial killer according to Stephen Colbert. But now he chops up companies, sells them, sells what he doesn't need, chops up some more of it, fires a lot of more people. It's just you know, I think he owns Nabisco. Thank you. Well, and not only does he fire workers, that then starves the balance sheets of the company once the undersupply of labor means that the companies can't operate properly. They usually have to declare bankruptcy, but Mitt Romney and Bain Capital get paid either way. Mm -hmm. So they're gu always guaranteed to win even when the companies lose, and they usually lose. What makes somebody who's, you know, racist or has socially conservative ideologies dumb versus just ignorant? I think on one level, the economic inequality in this country has obviously created a disparity in education in terms of race as well as class. Are they, are they measuring their, you know, their intelligence, 
you know, versus their, you know, their capacity to learn or just their ignorance or have like something that they don't know and refuse to know or, the, you know, just their stubbornness to learn. Because I feel like some people who are, you know, wealthy and are also, you know, racist, racist assholes, I, I feel like that, you know, some of them can't be dumb. Like the ones especially that like made themselves rich. They could just be ignorant or just stubborn and just not know any better and refuse to know any better. I think that the study is just like giving, you know, a lot of Democrats or liberals a platform to be like, ha, I told you, you're a fucking idiot. But the point of the study was, they said, to try to, you know, change the problem. You can't change the problem if, if, if you know, a bunch of liberals just take the study and they're like, ha ha, you're a fucking idiot. You know what I mean? That's not gonna, they're not going to want to change from that, obviously, if they have years of practice from not changing. And I, I think that the study is being perverted to just to to assist in liberals when like the study could be very well talking about liberals as well. Some liberals who have socially conservative ideals and don't share them publicly. The study's author was really thorough in pointing out that he wasn't implying and the researchers weren't implying that all liberals are brilliant and all conservatives stupid. It's a study of averages over large groups. And this is a direct quote. There are multiple examples of very bright conservatives and not so bright liberals and many examples of very principled conservatives and very intolerant liberals. And he gives a a good analogy, actually. He says, we can say definitively men are taller than women on average, but you can't say that if you take a random man and you take a random woman that the man is going to be taller. There's plenty of overlap. Um. Nonetheless, there's reason to believe that strict right-wing ideology might appeal to those who have trouble grasping the complexity of the world. Um, And he says socially conservative ideologies tend to offer structure and order, explaining why these beliefs might draw those with low intelligence. Unfortunately, many of these features can also contribute to prejudice. From my amateur completely under-read reading of history, the most extreme right-wing movements always rely on some form of prejudice in order to propel themselves, but that may just be related to and the reflection of prejudice born in some kind of stupidity. Now, whether that's a stupidity um, of emotional intelligence to where they they can't think in that higher order way that lets them have empathy for other people, like changing people's minds about these kinds of targets of prejudice. Well, I mean, he said that understanding where it comes from or understanding root cause could be, you know, helpful in finding a cure, I guess. I I feel like um, a lot of liberals are using this article or um, this study itself as just a way to, to 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 feel good that you know they're right you know and just it's almost like I bet that's you know, I bet that's going to happen you're probably totally right I think that's unfortunate it should be kind of a reminder to use the tools available to us like storytelling and I think this actually hits on what you mentioned earlier, the It Gets Better project, that storytelling and specifically like video and film, those stories have that really can and does change minds. Um, and that kind of expression can make you more intelligent if it, if it gets to you. I don't know. From what I've seen, a lot of liberals are using this article as, or, sorry, the study, as almost like a way to tell their racist fathers that they were correct all along. Anyway, like, I've seen more emotional, almost, like, teasing come out since the study came out, you know? And I guess that's, you know, a perfectly legitimate response, but I don't think it's going to help anything. Especially considering racism isn't just relegated to the South. Nor is it confined to the Republican Party. But only one party passed the Civil Rights Act and has finally made women's pay equal by law with men's pay. And guaranteed almost every American access to health care and free contraceptives. I'm more interested in progress, quote unquote, than I am in liberalism, quote unquote. I don't feel like there's going to be a destination or a cure for stupidity and bigotry and prejudice. But I certainly think progress can be made. There are three presidential candidates who are... Basically, 
have no chance of getting the nomination for president. But their campaigns are being extended indefinitely thanks to the largesse of three billionaires. Um, their names are Sheldon Adelson, Foster Freeze, which sounds like a fucking uh, comic book character's alter ego, and John Huntsman Sr. It actually sounds like an ice cream place. It is. It's Foster's Freeze, right? <laughs> Just grabbing like, the first couple paragraphs of this article from Politico uh, called Three Billionaires Who Will Drag Out the Race uh, by Kenneth Vogel. Meet the three billionaires who could drag out the GOP primary, bloody up frontrunner Mitt Romney, and weaken the odds of defeating President Barack Obama. The three men are contributing millions of dollars to a trio of outside groups flooding the airwaves in early voting states with brutal ads attacking Romney and ads backing the candidates they'd prefer to win the Republican nomination. Sheldon Adelson, a Las Vegas casino mogul, wrote a $5 million check to Newt Gingrich's super PAC. And do you know what a super PAC is? Yes, I know what a super PAC is. Okay. Um, For our listeners, a super PAC is a political action committee that can receive unlimited anonymous campaign donations for a particular candidate. And they're not supposed to be associated with a particular candidate, even though most of them are headed by close personal friends to each of the GOP candidates, or in Obama's case, the Democratic candidate. Um, And they're a product of the Supreme Court's Citizens United decision in 2010, which said that um, corporate money and bank money and foreign money is political speech. Um, So Sheldon Adelson uh, wrote a $5 million check to Newt Gingrich's super PAC. John Huntsman Sr., who made his fortune at the helm of a chemical and manufacturing company, invested millions in the presidential bid of John Huntsman Jr. Um, And ice cream magnate... (laughs) Foster Freeze, um, a Wyoming, he's actually a Wyoming mutual fund master. So I guess he's the arch enemy of Warren Buffett. I see buddy comedy. He acknowledged to Politico that he's a major financial backer of the super PAC supporting Rick Santorum, which is called the Red, White and Blue Fund. And he's preparing to give more. Um, I'm assuming it's in the bajillions. It's a bajillion? Yeah. Oh, Okay. The presidential campaign and the drive to get more progressive people nominated and elected and less stupid people in office. Um, Stupid meaning either dumb or bigoted. That you have to learn how to fight the battles. And using information to call the people you perceive your opponents dumb is counterproductive. But informing the Tea Partiers that the people who are backing their candidates are really individual billionaires who are perverting the election process. Because the Tea Party, as we cast our minds back to 2009, well, let's be honest, it started as a racial reaction against President Obama. It also started ostensibly as a response to all that horrible crony capitalism and the, the pernicious influence of Wall Street and our government and taking our country back, right? I think they would be rather pissed to learn that these individual billionaires are the source of these candidates' longevity because it makes it less likely that the Tea Party will get elected a nominee who is closer in any way, shape, or form um, to their preferences than is the alternative, which is Obama. Imagine how, like, learning that a billionaire is standing behind Rick Santorum would play to someone in the fucking Bible Belt who hasn't been able to get a decent job in three years or maybe ever and is, like, staking all their hope on a Rick Santorum nomination. It's so easy to think of these people just as dumb, but they're investing time and money and effort getting their preferred candidate attention when the moment that this nominee inevitably drops out, that billionaire is just going to write another multi-million dollar check to Mitt Romney. There's going to be a lot of rage about whoever the Republican nominee is going to be, but that has to be used to 
make the case for, you know, voting for the guy who is not that and who is not, um, who is, again, a lot smarter than these billionaire-backed stupid people running for the votes of the scared. Yeah, well, I mean, with, I mean, the Koch brothers out, you, you know that these people are backed by billionaires. I mean, not necessarily people in the Bible Belt, um, because they're being lied to. And it's kind of like this. I equate the Republican Party with depression, um, because depression lies to you. And it makes you think things that aren't necessarily true. And it has a way of, like, twisting the truth to its benefit to make you keep on doing destructive things to yourself. Wow. Um, That's actually really powerful. I, ha- I hadn't thought of it in that way. Echoing the point you made earlier, I, I think it's deceptive sometimes to accept a definition of these things as low IQ or being a mental illness or anything that can have a cure. But as an analogy in terms of its symptoms, it's pretty profound. Oh, thank you. Bill Maher's actually doing a segment on this season of his show where he has like a TV inside a bubble, the bubble that conservatives are living in now. Unfortunately, there's going to be another large contingent of these Tea Party people who won't even think to question it because they've bought the Fox News story hook, line, and sinker and are going to end up going with whoever they're told to, regardless of how against their own self-interest that choice is going to be. I just hold out hope that the kinds of successes and the speed of the success that the LGBT movement has had is a sign for what could be achieved in these other areas. Yeah. I mean, these people buy elections. We saw that in 2004. They don't play fair. Obviously. I mean, no, that was the 2000 election. That was the 2000 election. <laughs> they, they, they keep buying elections. They're just so hard to see. No, it was the 2000 election. They, they completely bought that one. They bought it. They don't play fair. Yes, they, they do buy elections, whether through money or through fear, but it's usually a combination of both. In 2000, it was money in, in faulty voting machines. In 2004, it was money to stoke fear of the gays, which I think as of now, there are at least 28 states that have laws on the books banning same-sex marriage. The successes are mounting quickly, but there's a lot of work to be done. Yeah, there was a disturbing trend, and maybe it was, like, the last two elections, I think, where, like, you go on any comments board on any part of the Internet. It doesn't matter what the article was, was about. It could have been about, like, new shoes coming out. And somebody in the comments would talk about, like, either, you know, liberal bias or conservative things, and then, like, each of, each of the, the, the comments would end with, Wake up, America, in all caps. What the hell is this? People who can't get jobs or people stuck at dead-end jobs who can't find better work get to hang out and troll people on the internet all day and go crazy. (laughs) For people susceptible to extreme ideologies, the internet is a haven to find like-minded crazy people. The spread of the internet made a real kind of free haven for communities of people who kind of exist in their own ideological bubbles. Coupling that with propaganda of extremely wealthy people like, uh, yeah, Fox News. And that can really send people who might not otherwise be crazy around the bend. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Or people that are crazy, just give them further ammunition for their plight and cause and then get them organized. Just get them organized. Here's the thing about non-crazy people. Why don't they just lazy and apathetic? Um, don't forget, um, we also like the circular firing squad. So we we like critiquing our own. There's nothing wrong with that. There's there's not, but it can act as a distraction from the overall goal. Yeah, no, George Clooney actually said something really amazing about this. Yeah. He was like, you would never see a Republican talk shit about their candidate, ever. And all we do is talk shit about our candidate. Exactly. Which only, only leads to them 
not being able to succeed as well as they would be able to. That's what's happening to Mitt Romney right now. Like all of those GOP candidates and their super PACs and their billionaire friends are funding attack ads on Mitt Romney. And this is the guy who's going to be their nominee. And I mean, (laughs) he ran in 2008. We know how much of a turd he is. They're bringing him down even further. Um, Asia, there's a story in Los Angeles that I know you've heard about and the whole country has heard about. There are some teachers taking creepy pictures in this town. Um, More than that, actually. More than creepy pictures. Oh, it's so much worse. It's so much worse. It was like one of the stories when I read, my mouth was just agape for like 10 minutes. It It is really difficult for me to be surprised by anything. This is, this is heinous. Two teachers in a California school. What's the California school? Miramonte Elementary School. Oh. Miramonte Elementary School were fired for, I guess, performing lewd acts on children in the elementary school. One of the teachers was um accused of fondling two of his female students in an elementary school, so they couldn't have been more than seven, because I think they taught the second grade. The other sick pervert blindfolded his students, took pictures of them, and then had them taste test his semen. On cookies. He would put it on fucking cookies and feed it to students and photograph it. So gross. Oh, this is so creepy. There's a picture... I don't even, I don't want to say where it is. I mean, it's, it's a picture of the teacher, the, the primary one, uh, Mark Burnt, 61 years old. He has Mickey Mouse ears and a turtleneck and boxers and tights. He's dressed as Mickey Mouse. That's so fucking freaky. That's really creepy. Why don't, like, how long are they teaching at the school? So fucked up. Mark Burnt taught for 32 years at the school. Oh, and then we caught him before this? I don't understand. The other teacher, oh. the other teacher, this guy named something Springer, had worked at the school for 26 years and fondled two second grade girls. There is no evidence that the two men acted in concert, but all of this was happening at this one school. So they fired the entire, the response of the school board was they laid off the entire staff. They replaced the entire staff. Yeah, I don't, I don't really see a problem with that. I don't. For some reason, it is, I mean, it is one of those, like, if you, if there's a teacher at your school for 32 years, someone's got to know something. To me, what it says is that there's not enough opportunity for students to come forward and not enough incentive. But to me, it also says that there's not enough tests that one needs to take or pass or psych evaluations you should really start psych evaluating people before you put them in your elementary school to teach. I mean, if you want to drug test, like, poor people in Florida to have them be on welfare, then you could at least, like, psych evaluate teachers before they teach at your elementary school. Or at least force all of these crazy fucks to photograph it and drop their photos off at a photo processing place. Because the photos were found at a pharmacy because a photo lab technician first noticed these odd pictures of kids with roaches on their faces, and that's what led to the guy's arrest. But they they found a total of 600 photos. That photo guy should have to get a medal. He should get a medal. The medal of... Doing the right thing or Because, like, apparently there's not enough incentive for people to do the right thing at the school or even at, like, 10 states. Or anywhere. So, like, people need to get, start getting medals for doing the right thing. Maybe that will make more people do the fucking right thing. Not medals. They should get paid. No, no. I mean, no monetary incentive. I think a medal should do. Actually, nothing should do. Like, just knowing that you did the right thing should do. It does not matter what morals you have. It matters what the system allows you to do and what incentives you have for doing the right thing within that system. And if there's the opportunity to do wrong in that system, people without values or people who don't hold the same values that the system's supposed to have aren't going to follow the rules. So you're saying that Spike Lee should institute a do the right thing fund 
where people who do the right thing get paid to do the right thing. I think he would be a great spokesman for that. Whereas I think just the metal should do. Actually, nothing should do. You should just do the right thing. This photo dude potentially saved another hundreds of more children from going through the same indecencies that these previous children went through. And he should at least get laid for it. Or medals. I don't know. I just don't make, I mean, things against children just they literally make me ill. They, they make me ill. It's like, why would you do that to a kid? Ah. By that I mean SVU. It's getting very depressing. By that I mean SVU... I'm not sure how long it's going to last as a spinoff show. But I guess, yeah, the men are in jail. The whole staff has been fired. And I'm completely okay with that. Maybe, you know, if there was, like, one teacher who'd only been there a year and just had no idea, like, he should have no repercussions. But the rest is, like, the teachers, the faculty, if you've been around this dude for 32 or 22 years, you know if he's creepy or not. And you know if you should, like, watch out for your kids if your kids are demonstrating any weird tendencies we didn't normally used to do because of being in this baffled class. It's baffling to me. I'm okay with them firing all of them. <laughs> they, they should all be fired. I'm really having a tough time having a lot of sympathy. Apparently the teachers who were laid off, they're going to find them jobs elsewhere, obviously. But I don't think they should be able to. I think they should choose a different profession. One, no, like, I, I think they should offer incentives, again, to really fully divulge all the names of the people who knew and didn't say anything and make sure those people can never be hired anywhere ever again because how the fuck do you turn a blind eye to that kind of abuse just like with Penn State everyone involved in that including the whole football program ought to be shut the fuck down and fired and laid off and not allowed to find employment especially not around kids but I hope at least the folks who genuinely didn't know anything, which probably was quite a, a quite a few of them, are able to find employment again. Now, I think in this case, we need to institute the shun. They should be shunned. But they were... No, they should be shunned. But the people who didn't know anything... I doubt you. I doubt that there is one. Because, like, there is a fucking teacher's lounge, and that lounge is used for nothing but gossip. <laughs> Specifically that teacher's lounge? No, every teacher's lounge. Well. Gossip. There's a gossip. Gossip bin of gossip. If they didn't know it, they had inklings, or they knew somebody was talking about who knew it, and they didn't do anything. They did nothing. Mm-hmm. And that's cowardly. Even in this economy, if you're afraid of losing your job, it's like, well, guess what, shithead? You lost your job anyway. You could have done the right thing at least. Well, yeah, no, I'm totally agreeing with you that anyone who had any idea and who knew how creepy this guy was, who saw how creepy he was and said nothing, need to be shunned. Shunned. There is no shame and no shunning in America anymore, except for perverts. If all we can get is perverts, if we can't ever punish rich people, at least we can punish the perverts. At least we can all agree that the perverts need punishment. Yeah, I think that that's extremely bipartisan, that issue. Nobody yeah, really wants to exactly. be not on the wrong fucking, side of this issue. Not fucking kids is kind of a bipartisan thing. Yeah, I think that's, that, that should, yeah. All these stories are now trying to, like, out Sandusky, Sandusky. And it's just, it's gross. It's gross. Like, it makes me ashamed to read. I'm ashamed that I know how to read. <laughs> Because I read Your literacy shames you. <laughs> and they horrify me, and I can't do anything about it. It just makes me sick. I'm sorry I made you sick. I also have eyes and ears. And, like, I can also watch the news, therefore. And don't necessarily even have to read. And it still makes me sick. It's true. I'm ashamed of so many things I can do. This has become, by that I mean, SVU. What? Oh, nothing. No, you're mumbling. I can't understand what you're saying. I was looking at an, another article about Whitney Houston. I don't know. I feel like I should care more, but I don't. Is that weird? I don't know. And it's not because everybody else cares. Or that it just didn't really have that profound of an effect on my life. She was a great singer. A great vocalist. And just last week, my dad kept replaying her singing the national anthem of the 1991 Super Bowl or something. I mean, to me, it's just like when, when people die like that, it's just like they've accomplished everything they probably wanted to accomplish. I mean, you can't say that for sure. Well, probably. I mean, she was 48. 
if you, you can't say that for sure, sure though. I mean, like, obviously, if you're an addict, there's something that you're running away from. Um, and in the case of people who become famous, who have legitimate, incredible talents, a lot of times what they're afraid of and what they're running away from is their own talent or their own success. When it was on a crazy, obvious, like, public downward spiral, and that was the entirety of that fucking reality show. I was, like, amazed at the time watching it of the stuff they would leave in the show. It was like... So I don't even know she's still an addict addict. You won't even know that until the toxicology reports come out. Like, that's, like, the thing with Amy Winehouse. You're almost like, it's drugs, it's drugs. It wasn't drugs, it was alcohol. <laughs> like, which is a drug, yes. But it wasn't what everybody thought it was. Like, she wasn't doing heroin or freebasing, cracking. Mm-hmm. I don't want to say anything anything until I know what it is. And I don't even like to, like, speculate on this shit. You know what I mean? Like... Whatever they died of, knowing what they died of is not going to bring them back. And even if they were back, like, would you care? Like, if you heard a story, like, you know, when he used to dig a song, like, I, don't even, I wouldn't even watch it. I wouldn't have even watched it, you know? That's pretty cold. No, no, I mean, like, had she been alive? And it was, like, yesterday, instead of oh, you finding out. I thought you were saying if she rose from the dead and sang a song. Oh, I mean, no, no. I would wager you'd be pretty fucking jazzed about that. <laughs> Obviously, then, I would be like, whoa, zombie thing. Uh, but, but, like, yesterday, if it wasn't, like, you know, Whitney Houston died, it was Whitney Houston sang a song. Or, you know, Whitney Houston signed on to star in this movie with Tyler Perry. I would not give a shit. But because of yesterday when he used to die, I was like, oh my God, I think I'd give a shit. And then I was like, I don't really give a shit. That's the kind of in-depth emotional arc that you can expect <laughs> nothing but more of on this second year of the By That I Mean podcast. <laughs> what I'm trying to say uh, is like, I think I'm just trying to justify my lack of giving a shit. Oh, yeah. No, that's come across pretty clearly. <laughs> you said just for me. I don't give a shit. I wish I gave more of a shit, and yet I cannot muster up enough shits to give. And part of me feels bad about that, but the other part of me is like, if you saw a news story yesterday saying Whitney Houston sang a song, she's not dead, she's singing, I, I really wouldn't care. It would be kind of weird if an article talking about her singing started out with Whitney Houston is dead. Oh, just kidding. She's singing. Update. It was a hoax. She's alive. She just wanted attention. She just fell asleep for a while on stage. <laughs> that would have been unsurprising. Yeah. And I don't know. Her parents are still alive. I know it's sad when you have to bury a child because my grandfather did it and he was not happy about it. Um, so I guess, you know, I care that somebody's sad, but not enough to care, care because people are sad all the time. Um, and, I don't know, when Michael Jackson died, I was, like, really, really sad. Like, really, really sad. Well, see, I think there are probably a lot of gays who are feeling that way, who are feeling that personal sadness. And I don't, I don't deny them. I don't deny anyone their mourning for a celebrity that they like, if they like that celebrity for their talent and not just for their fame. Um... But yeah, I also reserve the right not to have that same depth or level of response. I mean, like, I'm not judging anybody for actually caring that Whitney Houston passed on. If anything, I'm like embarrassed that I don't care more or to the level that other people care or in trying to like justify it. But at the end of the day, it's just like, no, this, the caring is not going to happen. It's not there. Well, this was another episode of By That I Mean. Let's see if it gets released as one. <laughs> <laughs> one can only hope. We're both much hope. more conscious than the last couple times we tried to do this. Um, and I'm hopefully sure. slightly more cogent. Um, I have been Seth Pearson. I will be Asia. And if you like this show, please like us on Facebook. And you can tweet me at MFP Seth. And you can't tweet Asia. No, you actually can tweet me. I oh. recently had some very exciting additions 
people are following me. I have no idea why. You're being followed? I, I, yeah, I, I'm being followed by many, many people. Oh. Every time I see somebody that's following me, I just laugh because I don't say anything. I think it's refreshing to with people. If you are sick and tired of reading updated tweets from the people you follow on Twitter, <laughs> follow Mitchell 3.0. Yeah. And you will be guaranteed full Twitter silence. Twitter silence until December 20th, 2012. When Asia starts tweeting from Africa. <laughs> the By That I Mean podcast can be subscribed to on iTunes, and it's a production of the MFP studio. I'm not sure when we're going to record next, but I hope it takes less time for us to reconvene than it did last time. It's been wonderful to talk to you, Asia. I know. I know it has. I'm just kidding. You too, Seth. You too. Are you still there? Yes. Uh, so you just hung up on me. Nope. <laughs> like, done with you, bitch. <laughs> no more.